action is the antidote to overwhelm. Um, a good friend shared that with me a couple of years back and it really has helped me find success in like the little things and in, in small little wins to, to continue moving forward and whatnot. Um, and so I think from a professional standpoint, that just is a, is a daily reminder because sometimes I can have, and I'm sure you do too, 50 things on a to-do list or that I would like to get done in a day. And realistically, I tackle one sometimes, you know? And so just reminding myself of that, that it's still moving forward. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by most exercises and workouts, whether they be running, biking, elliptical, rowing machine, traditional weightlifting, or even CrossFit, do not give you a balanced workout. And when you do workouts that neglect even one area, you're out of balance, resulting in pain and injury as well. Achieve your goals with the fitness program your chiropractor would love. Visit chrisjenke.com slash pod to watch the free video. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. I'm Chris Jenke and I'm joined today with Kelly Powers. Kelly is a registered dietitian. She helps people find the pleasure in cooking and eating. And if you are a, a stressed out, busy individual with no time to cook, but you want to find time to get back in the kitchen and eat better, then Kelly is who you want to talk to. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, fill in any gaps that I missed as far as who you are, who you help, and kind of just a little little background story about you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to. Um, so I focus a lot on intuitive eating, um, whole food-based meal plans, recipes, things along those lines, Mediterranean diet focused. Um, I spent a lot of time in Italy. I got a graduate degree over there, so I lived there for a while. And so really bringing or sharing Italian food culture with Americans here. Um, so slowing down a lot, focusing on sustainable behavior change, um, really a non-restrictive approach. And my purpose and mission is to really help people find pleasure in cooking and eating. Nice. So yeah. I, I like that. So it's non-restrictive, meaning you're not like, oh, you're not allowed to do this, 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 but you know, definitely the Mediterranean diet one, like, you know, the olives and lean, you know, fish and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, is I wouldn't say it's restrictive, but it's more like recommend it's recommendational. Let's call it right. Yeah. In a sense. Right? Yeah, exactly. And then of course, yeah. you know, the, the Italian lifestyle is very slow and you, when you go out to eat and you get a table and you're there for four or five hours and just like taking yeah. your time and milking it. Right. Yeah. It's cool. a beautiful thing. <laughs> it really is. It's, it, I definitely agree that we need more of that in the United States. We tend to be, you know, the fast food culture and like, let's just inhale our food. What, so what would you tell somebody that maybe has never heard that message before? They've never heard that there is a connection between health, wellness, and just slowing down. Like, how do you, how do you get them to buy into that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I mean, we're really 
in in this approach kind of I think combating diet culture which we're constantly hearing from and being inundated with messages and that are really focused on restriction um and so it's really just learning or allowing yourself giving yourself the time and space to to slow down and to honor your body and to honor your hunger cues um and really taking it with baby steps so maybe that looks like stepping away from your computer at lunchtime or not having the TV on at dinner and building upon those. Cause once we can start to make that connection, we can move forward with it. It's really like anything in regard to habit shifts and behavior change, you know? So not, you know, let's transport you to where your whole life could be in the Mediterranean. You are having four hour lunches and socializing and walking everywhere and whatnot, but just finding these little wins throughout the day. Um, so really meeting people where they are and kind of working with their schedule and their lifestyle and finding little moments, essentially, to really just take a deep breath and slow down and, and reconnect with food and themselves. Because ultimately, I think food is a vessel to do that, right? Either with somebody else to connect or it's a form of self-care if you're doing it for yourself. And so really just slowing down. It's not It's not a quick fix or, you know, just one simple solution or answer, but I think it's, it needs to be very individualized. Yeah. I like that. I, I, and I really like the concept of intuitive eating, just, yeah. you know, listening to your own body, whether, like you said, whether you are by yourself or whether you're with somebody else. Uh, I, I think I read somewhere that I, I don't, I don't remember the percentage, but it's something like 25%, like you will eat 25% faster if you're eating by yourself. And so that's just showing me that there, there is a lack of that intuitive eating that intuition and listening to the body it you know we're, we're so socialized to like wanting to be with somebody while we're eating and that's when we'll take our time but if we're by ourselves mm -hmm. we're just like shoveling it because it's a means to get to the next on to the next thing. yeah yeah exactly I, and when, when you I do think, eat with somebody you naturally have conversation and slow down and whatnot so right right so i guess yeah having that conversation with yourself checking in like am i still hungry and, you know, this is something I've actually been doing with myself very recently. I'm, I'm talking within even just two weeks ago, I started really thinking about this, that I used to be very underweight. I'm six foot one. And when I was in my mid twenties, I weighed 150 pounds. I was very, very skinny okay. um, on my, my wedding day in 2009. Uh, I, a lot of my friends hadn't seen me for a while and they were like, Chris, are you sick? Like, what's going on? I was, I had been vegan for a year and I was okay. not eating much, but it was like, so it just satiated me. So I didn't really need to eat that much, but I was very underweight. So I started to get self-conscious about that. So I started to like, just shovel Consume food in more. my face. Uh, and now that I've kind of got up to the weight that I wanted to be the whole time, I still sort of have that in my brain. Right. So I still like, I, I just go unconscious. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a few weeks ago, I started thinking about this, like every bite is a choice. And just because they put a plate that's this big in front of me doesn't mean that that's what my body wants to eat. It's completely arbitrary how big the plate is. It doesn't matter, right? Um, what, so what's the thought process or habit change or, or dialogue that you talk to your, your clients about as far as how they get more intuitive with their diet? Like, how do you go from where I used to be, where I just wanted to gain weight at whatever cost to maybe a little bit more deliberate bite by bite? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm glad you brought up the portions and the plating and whatnot, because when I was doing my thesis, 
or working through research or reading through research and whatnot, there's a lot of studies and work that's been done around <clears throat> the size of plates and the amount that people consume based on what's in front of them. And there was even one study where they would take away either at a restaurant, they would leave all the plates at a table so you could visually have kind of a cue or a marker as to how much had been consumed for the party. Or they would take them away and just have fresh plates or pull the dirty plates essentially. And the people who they pulled the dirty plates from and didn't have that visual cue were kind of that mindfulness reminder or whatnot consumed by far more than those who had the plates in front of them and it goes to even when you order like takeout or whatnot and you have are served at a restaurant a large plate a restaurant is a little more difficult but just the act of plating a meal for yourself can change so much let it look like the portion that actually physically is in front of you but also the act of doing that I think I have a blog post I wrote about kind of in enhancing a meal for one if you are eating alone and so it is plating yourself like kind of in the way you would plate for a lover or a friend or a family member or somebody that you care for um lighting a candle having a conversation with somebody over zoom and sharing a meal together if you are unable to be with anybody putting music on really kind of cleaning and creating an environment that enhances this opportunity to connect really with yourself and with and with the food and just slowing down taking some breaths before a meal checking in like you have been doing those all can add up and make really huge differences and they're all just very mindful tactics that can be done almost anywhere you know so it's nice yeah. you can put it in your back pocket and then kind of carry it with you take a couple of deep breaths, check in um, at a restaurant, at a friend's, at a party, at home. So it's just little tools like that. Again, it's not, nothing that's a quick fix. Right, nothing that's a quick yeah. fix. But I really like this, that it's habits-based because I think our, our culture, I, I think in the United States tends to get hooked on this, um, the, the miracle diet, right? Like right now it's like keto is the thing. Yeah. And like somehow that's going to cure everything i really believe that the direction that you're coming at it from is more effective that i people ask me this all the time they're like wait you mean you eat pizza i'm like i can eat whatever i want exactly. i just eat this much of it and i stop uh -huh. when i'm done and um and if you know if if like i wake up in the morning and i you know you can tell if you're really listening to your body like i need some vegetables right now and you, mm -hmm. you know i just had a green drink this morning stuff like that but um I want to go back real quick just to make sure I heard you right. So at, at a restaurant, of course, like the plating, if they give you smaller plates, you're going to have a tendency to eat less, right? So, and then were you saying that if they take away the plates as you're finishing them, you'll also have a tendency to eat less? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. So the study that was done, I believe it was a group of four people and they were served kind of family style. And when they finished the plates that were, had the food on them that were brought out, if mm -hmm. they were left on the table, they naturally consumed less in the meal overall. But if they were oh, they removed less, okay. Yeah. But if they removed um, the plates from the table and they didn't have that visual reminder in a sense, or kind of cue of these things have piled up, I've consumed as a group, we've consumed this X, Y, and Z, and that was removed, then they ate more. They continued to eat. Got it. Got it. So the, so on one end, one end of the spectrum to get people to eat less, you would have smaller plates and keep them on the table. Yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. There's a, there's a really cool restaurant in San Francisco. I forgot the name of it, but it's a sushi restaurant and the sushi is like on a conveyor belt. Conveyor belt. Around. 
and they're little tiny little baby plates uh -huh. and you pay per plate like three, yeah and they stack up and then they stack up but but they have like a little plate garbage can next to you you put it in and it just and i guess when you put it in the little receptacle it counts the plate oh. at that point and so that's how they know how much to charge you so mm -hmm. they're well so they're hitting they're, they're working around it they're, yeah. they're gonna make more money because they're getting rid of your plates and you're gonna just keep eating right yeah yeah i know yeah. it's so interesting all these things that we're so unaware of you know um yeah i think i read the power of habit not too long ago and i think it's like 70 percent of the decisions we make throughout the day are really just more so not decisions but just habits in a sense or routines that we've we have ingrained in our in our daily life um so it's just we're very interesting creatures i i think it's interesting to learn about and whatnot so so that's a really good uh, i think this is a good direction to go like you said seven and whatever percentage it was it, yeah i'm not sure percentage. the exact statistic but right. it is high but it's a very high percentage of there and that's an interesting way to put it that they're not actually decisions like we're not actually making yeah decisions throughout the day we're just kind of habitualizing that so for somebody who is not maybe in the past has not made the best nutrition decisions that's sort of become ingrained and now it's habitual how do you how do you get somebody out of that position where they're just doing all these habits that are maybe not serving them nutritionally and turn them into decisions like what do you do for that person yeah, that's a great question. I think it's really honestly a stage of change to begin with. Like it depends on really where the individual is and how ready they are to make that shift or to make that change. Um, usually the people I work with, I generally work with women who are at a point where they're finished with diets and they want to find a sustainable approach to cooking and eating. Something that's not going to just last for three months or a month, but for a lifetime. Um, and so they generally are at that in that space. Um, I also have a history of working with eating disorders where it is completely the opposite and they want to hold on to that for dear life. And so that's a completely different story. Um, but finding a, a person who is ready and willing to um, and then adding a support component, I think having a support system can change everything. Um, so helping people find again, those little wins throughout the day, whether it's prepping ahead breakfast um, and then having it for three or four days of the week or whatnot, and then gaining traction and kind of habit stacking and finding ways to work through and navigate barriers and challenges and also really supporting or celebrating successes in a sense too, I think a lot of positive reinforcement and just support. Um, but again, starting with something realistic um, and, and individualized for that one person. So it might be tackling lunch, it might be tackling breakfast. It's not gonna be taking on everything at once and jumping in the deep end and cooking all meals for the week and you know having, having a complete shift in lifestyle. Right. It is those baby steps. Are, are those yeah. some of the, some of the tactics that you talk about in your program weeknight dinners are, are those some of yeah. the things you Yeah. It uses um, a batch cook model. <clears throat> and so I am very, very comfortable in the kitchen and I wanted to find a way to really bring this positive relationship with food or this understanding that food can provide so much more than just nourishment, that it can't be a form of pleasure and it can be a form of self-care um, and really a time and a moment to, to slow down. And so I wanted to build something that was very sustainable. And I really am a big believer in batch cooking, but not in kind of the, like, I feel a lot of people think of batch cooking and it's brown rice and chicken breast and broccoli, right? And like a black, like Tupperware, like 
container. The bodybuilding meal prep, right? Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Um, And it doesn't have to be that way. And so I really focus on uh, batch cooking, but uh, like maybe one to two grains, a protein. Um, It's very plant-based too and uh, vegetarian forward. And so it makes it a little simpler and easier. Um, And then building meals throughout the week. And so being able to, if you give me like an hour or so, I would say on Sunday, to prep ahead some things and you can essentially compile them or assemble them into meals um, in my program for four days. So Monday through Thursday in 10 minutes or less, you know, you can make a beautiful, well-balanced entree salad. I had chicken parm last night that I just reheated in the oven and like cooked up, warmed up my vegetables. It took five minutes and I had a very well-balanced, delicious dinner. Um, So it's really allowing, I think, for success and navigating or finding a way to reduce the amount of barriers throughout the week by just being mindful and prepping ahead. So it includes like the shopping list, the batch cook guide and all of the recipes. And so essentially I try to um, build it in a way where I eliminate a lot of stressors for people or work that's required. A lot of the mental space that is needed um, so they can really succeed with it throughout the week and find a way to feed themselves well. Yeah, that sounds great. So basically you spend about an hour on the weekend so that you can reduce the amount of time during the week. And then you're saying just 10 minutes a day for, for yeah. dinner at least. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So, um, so does that, that includes like pre-cooking grains and things like that, and then just having them stored. And then, like you said, you're sort of just assembling things mm-hmm. that have already kind of been cooked right in advance. Yeah. Cause you can repurpose ingredients. So <clears throat> for my menu next week, <clears throat> for example, I'm doing like a, uh, cauliflower and chickpea coconut curry over rice but then I'm also going to take half of that cauliflower and make cauliflower tacos and season it and spice it very differently but it reduces food waste it reduces food cost it's you know better for the environment and everything it's also better for people's wallets and it creates a shorter shopping list and so a lot of people don't enjoy going to the grocery store like I it's my favorite place to be to be honest the farmer's market the grocery <laughs> store the kitchen so I really since I am so comfortable in these spaces, I want to, I, I feel very fortunate to know my purpose and I really want to share that with other people. And so I've tried to design a program that allows, even in the way that I tell people to batch cook the order of it, I'm having people do a couple things at the same time, but it's nothing, I'm not having people debone a duck, you know, it's very, very, very simple things. But if you can get your rice started while you're roasting some vegetables and then prep some protein, you can get in and out of the kitchen in 40, 45 minutes instead of doing things one at a time. And it can take a lot longer and be a lot less enjoyable and more something that people dread because it takes up time on their Sunday. So if you're really, if I work through it and I'm very mindful and I can deliver something in that, in that way, then it can really help help people a lot, you know, and, and I think there's so much education in doing and in building a proper plate, a balanced plate, and in learning how to cook foundational things, um, and really then allowing yourself to slow down and, and tune in with your body and your hunger cues. So, yeah, I like that concept. So you're cooking foundational things and then you're repurposing and the, the three main benefits that I hear definitely personal health, uh, better on your wallet, definitely much cheaper cooking from scratch and then better for the environment because there's less food waste 
Mm-hmm. And it reduces time too, you know, it reduces time. And just like you, I think I've alluded to, you know what you eat when you cook, right? So you have right. control then. Um, so it's a huge, huge component around, around health. And I follow a met, like a Mediterranean diet macro profile too, and it's all whole food based. And so it's, it's very sustainable in many, in many regards. Yeah. 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 So. And, and, you know, that's a diet that's been around many, 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 many yeah. years. And it's not, you know, trendy and it's not, you know, excluding, you know, vilifying carbs or fat or, you know, saying that, oh, all you need is protein or, you know, it's not any kind of crazy off the wall outlandish Mm -hmm. things. It's just sounds like just common sense and just making sure that you can structure that in a way that fits. I would, everybody watching this, I just want to remind you, because remember what you were saying earlier, Kelly, about sitting, being mindful, uh, you know, if you're doing these weeknight dinners and you're saving all this time, you know, I think we have a lot of us who are busy people have a tendency to want to fill time with something else. So Mm -hmm. just a reminder to everybody watching that I'm sure you would agree with me that still make sure you take your time eating it. You know, if it takes you only 10 minutes, it doesn't mean rush through the eating of it. Maybe set a timer, maybe just take it slow, bite by bite, right? Make sure that, uh, you know, that you're hanging out with somebody or yourself and, you know, like you said, light the candle, slow it down, right? Yeah, we are our own best company at the end of the day, you know, if not, then <laughs> right. we might need to make some shifts or changes, but. <laughs> yep, exactly. I like that. You're your own best company. Nice. Well, Kelly, I like to, um, to end my podcast with a, a big general question. So, you are, let's say, hired by university to do a commencement speech or maybe a corporation to do a keynote talk. And you're going really big picture on principles that you think uh, are beneficial, that have been beneficial for you, maybe can be beneficial for them on how to live your best life. Like what's your one to two minute motivational speech on that? Ooh, that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think I'll like say like key things that I've kind of really tried to to move forward or move through life with is really or that have helped me in building everything that I have and the work that I've done is is reminding myself that action is the antidote to overwhelm. Um, A good friend shared that with me a couple years back and it really has helped me find success in like the little things and in, in small little wins to, to continue moving forward and whatnot. Um, and so I think from a professional standpoint, that just is a, is a daily reminder because sometimes I can have, and I'm sure you do too, 50 things on a to-do list or that I would like to get done in a day. And realistically, I tackle one sometimes, you know, and so just reminding myself of that, that it's still moving forward. Um, I think also something that I've really been learning lately is to use my voice to know my worth and to ask for things, because if you don't, as we all know, the answer is no. Um, And to really remain open and receptive to things. I think mindset is so, so big, not only in the food and nutrition space, but in in all aspects of life. And so constantly telling myself, don't close um, has been really helpful too. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I, I, I think constantly learning also you know and in and I will say in things outside of what you specialize in and what you do um and I'm sure you found this too with your podcast and and everything but for me learning about SEO learning about marketing and advertising learning about other things that I can then transfer to what I'm doing um 
to really reach to reach people and whatnot and um, to collaborate. You know, I think building a team, especially working as a, as a one-off solo entrepreneur that is an individual, that's been really, really helpful too. And it doesn't have to look like, you know, in this space, I have an SEO, I have people that I outsource things to, but for people who have more of a traditional route or path in life, I think building a community in that sense is really, really important and putting work in to do so because it's, it's unlike like how I said, we are our own best company, but that's ultimately what we can fall back on in our support system and our rocks, like in life. And there's been many times where I've, I've had to do that. And it's nice to know that I've put in the work and I have that there. So I think really building community, having faith in yourself, not closing um, are all, and you know, action is the antidote to overwhelm. It's just like my daily motto lately. So yeah, yeah. things like that. I love that. I think uh, Nike's slogan, just do it. There's a lot of value yeah. to that, right? It's like, stop talking, just do it. Action is yeah. the antidote to overwhelm. That's awesome. Well, yeah. um, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is Kelly Powers on Health in the Real World. Kelly, how do people get in touch with you? What's your website, social media? Yeah, and my website is kellyepowers.com. Um, you can find everything about Weeknight Dinners there. And I'm actually running a special now too. So if anybody is interested in signing up, it is um, on the top of it, on the top of my homepage. Um, Instagram is kelly.powers. And that's pretty much the only place that you'll really find me active. I'm, I'm, I try to be more present and not in my phone so, so much, but it is something I need to work on because I know the value is there too, so... Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, Kelly, I appreciate the conversation. Thanks so much for joining me on Health in the Real World. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Health in the Real World show. Make sure to like and subscribe and comment down below. Visit mycorebalance.com to learn more.